welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. To be able to celebrate heaven, splitting time in two. As we celebrate this Christmas season, we celebrate at all times the coming of the Messiah, Jesus the child of the Father who sent him so that we could have restoration, so that we can be redeemed. As we were singing praises, I just had this glimpse of what heaven looks like as all the angels are just singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And as we're in this space and we're crying out to God and thousands and thousands of other churches across the globe doing it at the same time. He left heaven for us. God, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you tell us that weary hearts don't have to hurt anymore. I thank you that darkness no longer reigns because your light came in. God, I pray that you would help us be that light. I pray that you would help us to take background for your kingdom. I pray for redemption. I pray for the lost to be found. I thank you, God, that you come after us. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead, grab a seat, wave to some people. If we never met before, I do get emotional, but this morning was a little different. I was just so overwhelmed by the presence of God in this space. Thanks, Ty. How's everybody doing? After that, I feel like we all got to be doing great, right? Can we give it another shot? How's everybody doing? Oh, that was good. That was good. Well, if we haven't had the chance to meet, my name's TJ, as Melissa had stated. But here at Soul Revival Church, if you're a guest with us, thank you for hanging out. And here at Soul Revival Church, you need to know that you do not need to believe to belong. All are welcome, and you can come as you are. The songs that we're singing are celebrating a Jesus who came to meet us where we're at. So this is a safe place because God's meeting all of us, and we're all at a certain stage of this journey, but he loves us so much he's not going to leave us where we were. He wants to bring us into something greater, something so much better. If you got your Bible with you today, I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians 4. If you don't, that's cool. We'll end up shooting it on the screen behind me. But I just want to inform people about the Bible. I know it can be intimidating. Sometimes you're like, where do I even start? If you've never opened it before and you're in your own alone time, I always suggest John. John is one of the four Gospels or the good news about who Jesus is. And John called himself the one Jesus loves. So... We all get to identify ourselves as that, but as you read that language, it's just something that's heartwarming because you get to hear about who Jesus is and the love he has for all of us. But we always want to let people know that this isn't a rule book of what you have to follow in order to earn the love of God or to be accepted by God. This is a love story. This is a love story about the God of the universe that created us to spend eternity with him but gave us free will to make our own choices. And when we chose against him, it separated us from him. So he's been fighting for us, and he sent Jesus as the ultimate price for our sins and our salvation. And now every day we look at it and say, all right, God, help us look more like you. Help us follow you more so that we can 
encounter and experience your love, but help others do the same. So hopefully you got a chance to get there, 2 Corinthians 4. I'm going to be in verse 18. It says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you so much. I thank you that you're here with us this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would help me get out of the way and that you would allow somebody to hear directly from you, to hear your voice penetrate their hearts, God. We thank you for the privilege it is to worship, praise, and honor your name. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, if you weren't with us last week, uh, we're in the middle of a series called Christmas at the Movies. So last week we kicked it off with our first installment. This will be our second one. Last week we looked at the Grinch and we were like, all right, what similarities can we pull from there into our own lives? Fun, right? Some of you are like, what? Am I at church talking about the Grinch? Well, this week we're going to be going over a classic, a Christmas story. How many people saw it already this year? Most of us. How many people hadn't? How many people are like, I've never watched that before and I don't care? That's cool. I'm going to make you watch like a minute, and then we'll talk about Jesus. Is that cool? Hey, can we roll that clip? Come on, kid. Ho, ho, ho. Come on. Come on up. Come on up there. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Then what's your name, little boy? Christmas, little boy. Uh, my mind had gone blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. I was blowing it, blowing it. Come on, kid. How about a nice uh, football? 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 What's a football? <laughs> Without conscious will, my voice squeaked out. Football. Okay, get him out of here. A football? Oh, no. Okay, what was kid. I doing? Wake up, stupid. Wake up. No. funny and a little extreme, but we actually experienced something similar recently. Our middle guy, Micah, we go to see Santa Claus, and he's the whole time, I don't know what I'm going to get, I don't know what I want to ask for. And, and this kid, we love his heart, because he always asks Santa for the most expensive things, because he says, Mom and Dad, you don't have to pay for it then. <laughs> God, I love that kid. But he, he's sitting there, and they get shocked, and all of a sudden, the lights are on, and Santa's there, and what do we ask for? And he's like, uh, Indominus Rex, maybe, I don't know. And then he like forgets what he asked him. And true story, he wrote a letter then to send it to Santa. And our mail, our mail carrier called us yesterday morning and was like, hey, we got a letter. And it, he, they didn't put their name. Could you tell us we'd like to write a letter back? What? 
I was like, that is awesome. That was kind of off topic and off subject, but this just happened yesterday. It was too good not to share it with you. I feel like we find ourselves in those scenarios all the time where, you know, we find ourselves asking for something. And before I'd even watch this back this year, because I don't watch this movie every year, um, but like anybody studying something, you got to look at what you're going to be talking about, right? So beforehand, I already had it in my mind. Man, I know what we're going to talk about, false idols. We're going after the wrong things. You want a rifle? You need to be going after something better. This is what we're going to talk about. And the title of this message, if you're taking notes, is You'll shoot your eyes out. <laughs> You'll shoot your eyes out. And I'm thinking, this is going to be great. These things of the world, these gifts of the world that take us in a different direction, apart from God, this is going to be awesome. And now I'm watching this thing, and then boom, God speaks to my heart, and I'm about in tears just thinking about how God revealed himself. You know what's so cool about God? It doesn't even have to be about God, but he's in charge of all things. He's over all things. He had a part in making all things, so he can show up in all things. Watching a movie, that's hilarious, and at the end, I'm like crying, like, oh, man, this is crazy. And then I look at Melissa, and she's looking at me like, so what you think? Because in her mind, she's thinking, what, what are you going to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? And of course, she shares the same thing that God put on my heart. So I'm like, well, that's it. You want to know what it is? Should we talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> we got some responses. I love it. See, we love participation in here, too. You know, I love if someone says, amen. Yes, that's good. We can clap. If it's not good, we can talk afterwards. <laughs> is that fair? <laughs> but as God started to reveal different things to me, man, I was looking at Ralphie. I'm like, man. This dude had three qualities that are incredible that all of us need to identify with, attach ourselves with, and figure out how can I be more like that. The first thing was his passion. He was so incredibly passionate. Have you ever been so passionate about something that's all you ever talked about? You can't contain yourself. Anybody, even if they don't want to hear it, you're telling them. Even if you already told them, you're telling them again. You're like, sorry, I'm just passionate about this. Passion is one of those qualities that's so incredible because you can teach different talents. You can teach how to do something, but you cannot teach passion. Look for people that are passionate. If you're a manager in the workplace or if you're a parent, what are your kids passionate about? You find something that someone is passionate about, man, you let them loose, sky's the limit. And I think we could all learn a little from Ralphie and his passion. Like, dude was on a slide about to go down and missed his moment. And unlike little Micah, who wrote a letter afterwards, which I still give him props for, this dude's like, nope, I'm going to climb back up the slide. How many parents told your kids, don't go up the slide that way, you'll get hurt. Anytime we go to a playground, that's me. But I'm just watching this kid, and he stops himself, and he's yelling back up. Because he has this passion for something. Like, man, God, help us have that level of passion for you. Help us to have that level of passion in the things that we do in our lives. I always say, find something that you love and you don't work a day in your life. Find the things that we're passionate about. But the second thing that I really loved about him is his persistence. He never gave up. And for those of you who've never seen this movie, he's just asking everybody, can you get this rifle? Because it's, it's easy to be passionate but are we willing to be then persistent? I don't know. In, in, in the space that we live in nowadays, it's like, all right, I'll get this job. Ooh, 
I didn't like it. I'm not even coming back tomorrow. I'm not even going to tell anybody I'm not coming back tomorrow. I just, I'm going to try something different. Now, I get it. You may not have been passionate about it, but there's times you might try something new. Like, I'd love to play the guitar. I'm passionate about it. I've never even tried because I gave up before it even started, but somebody might take a few lessons. Like, man, I'm not playing like Carlos Santana. Do, 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 do. Maria, Maria. No. But are we willing to be persistent? Are we willing to say, I'm going to keep pushing after it? And am I willing to persevere? Like, he had this perseverance about him as well. Like, you, get, you can get told no so many times in this life. But how we respond to it is the important part. So we need to find what are the things that we're passionate about that God has put within us that we can go after. Something to learn about from Ralphie. And throughout the story, he goes to a few different people to make this request. That was the last one we saw. But the first one is that he went to his mom and asked her. How many, how many got kids out there? Yeah? The kids come to you first when they want something? Ours go to mom because I'm normally like, nah. First answer, no. I'm working on it. Okay, I'm trying to say yes sometimes. <laughs> but they go to mom. Ralphie, the same way, goes to mom. But she's like, no, because now he went the wrong place for that ask. Moms are in protection mode. Uh-uh, you're going to hurt yourself. You'll shoot your eye out. Not happening. You will not get a BB gun. But he still asked her. He's like, all right, I'm going to remain persistent about this. Don't worry, we're going to talk about Jesus soon. He's in all of this. So now in school, he, he gets an assignment. He's like, I'm going to write about this rifle, and my teacher's going to be so impressed. Not only am I going to get an A+, but she's going to say, you should have that rifle. She's not even in a position to buy it for him, but he is just seeking approval. Looking for likes and followers. And he's expecting that she's going to come back and say, oh, this was a masterpiece. And I'm going to tell your mom that you should have that rifle. But she looks at him like, you'll shoot your eye out. What? So he's like, great, wait, 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 wait. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask Santa. Thinking the same way that my little guy's thinking, like, I'll ask Santa. It's hard as a parent, right? Because you just sometimes don't even want to get them it just to say, are there any kids in here? I'm not, I'll stop talking. I can't tell. Anyways, I think we spoil our kids is what I just came to the conclusion of as I'm sitting here because it's hard not to want to get them what Santa asked for. But he's like, I'm going to ask Santa because he's expecting he's going to get it just like any other kid. They have this anticipation about it. I'm going to ask him, of course he's going to give it to me. So now he's going like, I'm going to knock on the door of Santa, and I'm going to ask him, can I get that? Can I get this rifle? It's going to be the greatest gift ever. Only to get the same response. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. He just keeps being told no again and again and again. And we find ourselves being told no again and again and again in things, and we want to give up. Or we're looking at God like he's Santa Claus. Hey, God, I'm going to come to you 
Let me just ask and I'm expecting to get it in return. Like, yo, I read my Bible. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. God, why aren't you answering? Why aren't you responding? I'm doing what your word's telling me to. But where are we really asking? What are we really looking toward? This is, this is the pivotal moment of the movie that hit me in my heart because he got the rifle. You know who gave it to him? His father. His father that not one time did he ask him for it. Not one time did he go and plead with his dad because he had this feeling like, I can't go ask him for that. My dad definitely is going to say no. And that's what happens with us in God. We're going to the world with our desires. We're going to the world asking it for things. We're going to the wrong places and we've got a father in heaven that's like, come and ask me. Come to me because I want to give. I want to fulfill your needs. But are we going to the right place? Are we asking the right place? Because the father, even though he didn't hear or get that request directly, he was hearing what was happening. God still hears your requests. God still knows your cries. He still knows your hearts. He still knows that you're there. He has not abandoned you. God is saying we can come to him. The next verses after that about ask, seek, and knock. Matthew 7, 9 to 10, it says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Some of you are like, yeah, I do that all the time to my kids. <laughs> but it's having us reflect on this, and it says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And as I was studying this scripture and God is speaking to my heart, like, that's right, because I fall short all the time as a dad. I feel badly when it happens, too, and I'm working on trying to admit it and own it right as soon as I realize it happens or if I have someone who politely reminds me that it happened. It's good. Iron sharpens iron, though. But I want to be a better dad every day, but I make mistakes. And it's saying, but the love and the passion you have for your kid some of you may not have kids, and you're like, yeah, but I had a dad, and he never did that for me. You know what? Me too. But as God has changed and transformed my heart, he's been working on me to say, you know what? How can you be the dad you didn't have? Because it, it can get challenging. We try to correlate a heavenly father, and we compare it to our earthly ones. And it's not always easy to do or to understand. But as I've had this passion to be able to bless my kids and to be able to see them know that they're loved and know their identity and know that God has created them good. And if I want to do that for them, how much more can a perfect father in heaven want to do that for you? But you keep saying, but yeah, I'm going to God. I'm going to God. I'm going to God. And I just don't 
hear him or I don't see that he's answering. There's a scripture I want to look at that I think is so important and we get it backwards. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. See, we do it the opposite way. We go to God as if he is Santa Claus and say, hey, give me my desires and then I'll delight in you. Give me everything I want, God, and then I'll be good. But we got to flip it around because when Jesus came to save us, and when he transforms our hearts and gives us a new life, we can delight in that. But the more that you delight in the presence of the Father, the more that you delight in God and what he has for your life, the closer you get to him, the more you look like him, and the more your desires start to look like his. So when this says he'll give you the desires of your heart, it's not talking from a worldly perspective. It's talking about a kingdom focus. You are who you hang with. We say that a lot around here because it's true. The people you spend your time with, those that you allow to influence your life is who you start to look like. So when you spend that time with God and you delight in him, you start to look like him too. And your desires start to look different. See, because watch this next verse in Matthew. Caught me up a little bit. It says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. I'll give you a recap because I put a verse in the middle of there. So it was Matthew 7, 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Like, where are you going with this, Jesus? You're telling me. I can have if I ask. But now you're saying, but do to others. It's because when we delight in the Lord, our desires look like his, and our desires now have a different intent. When you're focused on God and your desires start to change, you'll shoot your eyes out. You'll shoot your eyes out instead of inward and focused on ourselves. You'll stop being concerned about how do I get all the things that I want and that I need, and you'll start saying, you know what? Do to others as I would have them do for me. That's, that's not the don't do to others. Jesus is the only time that really flipped it into a positive perspective. Treat others how you want to be treated. Basically saying, I'll just leave them alone and step back because I don't even want to have anything to do with them because I don't want them to have anything to do with me. Jesus is like, no, I want you to proactively do for others what you would hope someone would do for you. Man, that can be hard sometimes. Taking ourselves out of the picture and saying, all right, I want to shoot my eyes outward instead of inward. But when we get the, the D's in the right order and we delight in God first, he will start to do things in our hearts that will allow our desires to line up with his desires. The Christmas season is easy to want to give, but to do it all the months of the year is a different story. But when we delight in the Lord, our desires look like his and then we want to do for others. We want to see lives changed. God has so many plans for us, but we get so focused on ourselves and the things that we want and the things that we're chasing after, the instant gratification of life that never fulfills, 
If the things of this world are not bringing you closer to God, it's not from God. I'm going to say it again. If the things of this world are not bringing you closer to God, it is not from him. I'm not saying it's not okay to like nice things. But it's how you prioritize them and what your focus is on. But God is doing something special. He is continuing to work and to move. And he's saying, delight in me and I'm going to give you the desires that you have. Now my passions start to look different. When we came to plant Soul Revival Church, our passion was to see people's lives transformed. So I talked about Micah. We have three boys, Malachi, Micah, and Matthew. Malachi's five, Micah's seven, Matthew's nine. And we've got a lot of friends, a lot of family that have kids a similar age and in the city of Racine struggling with addiction, struggling with getting locked up, struggling with all of this adversity and just trapped in bondage. And when you have kids and you see that they have kids the same age as your kids and you start to look at them and you're like, man, God, the closer I get to you, the more my heart just breaks because my desire is to see these little kids' lives transformed. So as we prayed about it, we're like, well, God, what if their parent gets to know Jesus? What if their life is transformed? Because now this young kid, they don't have to physically move everywhere, anywhere, but their life will be forever altered. It'll be transformed. They'll get to live a, a new life. But we had to shift from saying, God, give me my desires and I'll delight in you. Help, help me to stop wanting to climb the corporate ladder and get the next biggest house, but to say, no, God, I want to delight in you, and now my desires look different because it's no longer about what I can obtain. It's a part of the lives I get to be a part of changing. And I don't care how you look at yourself. God sees you. You are a child of God. That is your identity. And he's saying there's something in you. There is a plan for your life that only you can fulfill. But you need to be willing to shoot your eyes out and stop just putting them in. Stop just looking at yourself and thinking about what can I get. When we talk about seeing our city transform, when we pray for revival, we are expectant that it's going to happen. And sometimes it's just saying, all right, God, today I'm going to wake up and say yes to you. I'm going to say whatever you want for me, please let that be my desire today. Because I need you, God. I cannot do it on my own. And we can love God with all of our hearts, but if we're not spending time with him, it's harder to hear his voice and to know where he's guiding us. And the world just wants to keep shouting in your ears. And God's just whispering. He drowned out the noise and hear my voice. Because I've got you. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. As Paul is writing this, he had just been sharing about all the sacrifices, all the burdens that he's faced, all the torture and the ridicule for his faith in Jesus. But he's saying, guess what? What I'm going through right now 
on what is seen. That's not where I'm putting my focus. I'm focused on things above. I'm focused on the kingdom of God. This short and momentary trouble has nothing on an eternity with Jesus. So I'm going to fix my eyes, not on what I see here, but on what is unseen. I'm going to shoot my eyes out. I'm going to shoot my eyes up. I'm going to look to the kingdom of God and say, whatever you have for me, God, let your will be done, not mine. Because your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He wants us to experience his kingdom here and now. We're not waiting until we have a headstone. He's saying, no, right here, right now, delight in me. Your desires will look like mine and you'll be shocked at how I want to expose myself and reveal myself to you in your life. So will you shoot your eyes out with me? There's so many lives at stake. And I will never forget the moment when one of those people that God put on our heart, as that became our desire, came to church, raised their hand, and said they want to follow Jesus. I don't know the last time I weeped that hard. It's not about this world. It's, it's about so much more. We have to allow our faith to be what drives us, our faith to be what carries us. Because if you continue on in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, for we walk by faith. We live by faith, not by sight. See, faith is a confidence in things hoped for and a belief in things not seen. We might not see it all here. We may not understand it all here. But if we say, God, help me shoot my eyes out to look beyond what I see in reality to focus on what's in your kingdom, because that is the true reality. There is a battle taking place all around us. There is a spiritual battle and there are lives at stake. And that is my prayer saying, God, help my heart. Help me delight in you so that my desires look like your desires. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Confidence in things hoped for. At Soul Revival Church, we define hope as a confident expectation of a greater tomorrow based on the character and promises of God. You see, because God is who he says he is, and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. But are we willing to fix our eyes on him? Are we willing to focus on him? Are we allowing our faith to drive us? Not on what's seen right here and inward, but saying, no, God, help me shoot my eyes out. Let me have a kingdom focus. Let me see things for what they really are. And it happens when we spend time with him, when we delight in him and his presence, and then our desires look like his desires. And when you see those desires met, the joy cannot touch. Nothing can touch that joy. And what's even so much more amazing is we, we ourselves don't have to try to take credit for any of it because it's Jesus doing it. Say, I'm just available, God. I'm just here. And the more I spend time with you, I just want to look like you. And whatever you want to do with me, you do it. Because I want to shoot my eyes out. I want to look beyond 
just what is seen with the physical eye. And I want to look to what is unseen. Colossians 3, 1 to 2, in the message version, it says, So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Shoot your eyes out. And be alert to what is going on around Christ, where Jesus' transformation happens. That's where the action is. I want to be where the action is. I don't know about you. See things from his perspective. See, that's what's cool. When you delight in the Lord and your desires look like his, you get a brand new perspective on things. You get to shoot your eyes out and stop letting them just be focused inward. And you get to be where Jesus is. You get to be a part of the action. There is no greater place I would rather be. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, through a different kind of sight, through a different hope, through a different belief. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. And it is not by work so that no one can boast. It is not about anything that you can do. See, we want to give good gifts because when we delight in the Lord, we can do that. But we also, we need to be able to accept the greatest gift ever given. There might be some things in this world we would like, be a nice little desire. See, but when you delight in the Lord, it's because you've gotten the greatest gift ever given. And his name is Jesus. The most recognizable verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I want to shoot my eyes out. I want to have a kingdom focus. I want to be looking at Jesus and say, you've, I, you've given me your life. You've given me life through the sacrifice of yours. You laid it all down for me. What a beautiful gift. What an incredible sacrifice. I just love that he meets us where we're at. That gift. In the prior verse, there's no works. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's no strings attached. There's no gift that's given and God's just sitting there waiting like, when are you going to hook me back up with a gift? I'm waiting for mine now. No. Just extended with an open hand. Here is the gift of grace. The forgiveness and freedom you can have in me. Now delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. But he'll change your heart and your desires will look different. There might be some of you here today that are like, you know what, I, I don't, I don't know what it means to step into whatever this is, whatever is happening here. You need to know that, that Jesus is a gift that's available to you too. 
And we never close out a service without giving you the opportunity for a heart change, for the ability to say, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus. God's word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. There's nothing else you have to do. This free gift is yours. But like any good gift, you have to accept it in order to take ownership of it. And we want to give you an opportunity today to accept the greatest gift that has ever been given. So I want to ask in this space, if everybody, could you bow your head and close your eyes? This is a safe space. And for someone in here in a moment, I want to give you opportunity to shoot your hand up and say, yes, you want a relationship with Jesus. Yes, I believe that Jesus died for me and that he rose again and that he is seated on high in heaven and that he has forgiven all my sins. So when I count to three, if that's you in this space, I would just ask if you would shoot your hand in the air. It's a safe space. One, you need to know that Jesus, he died for you. Two, your life will never be the same because Jesus will walk with you always. And three, if that's you, would you be so bold to shoot your hand in the air today? Would you shoot it up high? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down. God, I thank you right now for those who said yes to a relationship with you. God, I pray that you would encourage their hearts today, that they would be so full from the grace that you have given them that they would delight in your presence. God, we celebrate as all of heaven rejoices right now. God, we pray for your favor in their lives. We pray that you would use this moment to make a life-altering impact. And we are claiming these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate with those who just made that decision? Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.